Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. The goal scorer, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't even have a goal. He's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. How much candy did you eat? Not that much. Not that much. Not that really? Just a Snickers and some peanut M&Ms and regular M&Ms, but that's it for me. And a Butterfinger, but that's it. Are we sure? Yeah, let's go with that. All right, we will accept that one. We will accept that one. I have a, just so much candies here. Well, do you have you a have kid? Like, you yeah. have a kid. Of course you're going to yeah, have Yeah, but candy. there were like three different instances where it involved him collecting candy. Out, like not even just Halloween, but also like with school and then at like another kid's birthday party. This man like literally has more candy than I've ever seen in my life. And he's just housing his way through it. Is this your way of like saying that you ate a lot of candy these last few days? Surprisingly not. I mean, well, not his candy. I was definitely like in the office today just ripping. I don't know. Someone left a massive bag of candy in there, and I've just been like eating horrible food all day. Oh, that's all right. It is Halloween. How was your Halloween, sir? Was it was it a was it a it was an event filled day? We had one of the classics, that's for sure. Well, so my Halloween was actually on Halloween with most of the children your halloween was on saturday night with probably no children zero children and if there were children involved i have no recollection (laughs) (laughs) mommy there goes that man he stole my candy bag (laughs) just booking it through the hard rock casino with a full-on elvis attire just running with a bag of candy just milky ways falling out of the back no it was uh it was quite a ridiculous Halloween. As, as you know, uh, my girlfriend Sherry and her best friend do Halloween kind of to an absurd level. This is, their, this is their holiday of the year that they just go all out in. So, you know, needless to say, being the boyfriend, I have no say in the costumes every year that we go through. This year, it happened to be Elvis Presley and the showgirls. And I got to say, Jay... I didn't put two and two together till after, you know, Sunday was a little bit rough, but Sunday I thought back, I was like, you know, the Hard Rock Casino, there's no no better place for the King Elvis Presley to exist on Halloween. Yeah. So like, let me get your best Elvis Presley impersonation that you're ripping out. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Dude, there was a point when we walked inside of the casino and keep in mind, I have been dealing with a gout flare up. Uh, All you people who have been listening to the show every week, we appreciate you. And you know, I went through a little bit of a medical concern there. So I was walking through and it was the first time I had drank in about two, two and a half weeks. And, you know, I was feeling pretty good, especially after that game at Inter-Miami where we went to. But uh, the guy at the security door, like right when you're about to walk through the open doors at the Hard Rock, he says, hey, he's like, let me get your let me get your ID. And I looked at him. I was like, bro, 
Elvis don't show the ID <laughs> in the casino. And he just said, all right, come on in. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's not going to happen, pal. <laughs> no way. You're, you're not that guy, pal. <laughs> and there's no way I can reach into my back pocket and actually pull yeah. out my wallet because these pants are too damn tight. I know. I had put the belt on you that I had to like uh, with a safety pin. So there, I, I was I was laughing. I was like, man, when he has to go to the bathroom, like it's going to be a struggle to get this onesie off with the like the one piece jumpsuit with the belt that's that's fastened in. Well, I told myself I would go into the stalls, you know, not like outside in the open when I needed to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So the first couple of times I did, and you're, you're absolutely right. You had to take it off the shoulders. Mm-hmm. You got to pull it down, all that stuff. By the third time I went to the bathroom, I was about, you know, about like 10 drinks in. And, you know, I just happened to forget. And I just pulled it all out, you know, and just stood by the urinal and did my thing there and just go. moved on with my life. Well, I mean, the amount of, of times you've worn a, a man romper, a momper, you should be accustomed to the one one piece fit. It's an aggressive mood, but not as aggressive as those sunglasses that you were wearing. Yeah, no, it was, it was a nice getup. Well, anyway, 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 welcome everyone to the Inner Miami Podcast. I'm Jake Kington, along with the King himself, Mr. Alex Papa George. I would ask you how you're doing, but you won't stop smiling, so I'm just gonna go ahead and assume it's good. Ooh, buddy, I've just never seen so many. 60 year old women just come up to me at once you know that's like that's what they live for totally and there's no better place in a casino i mean like they have those elvis conventions in vegas where it's just like thousands of of elvises we really need to get off the topic of elvis though um yeah so we're coming here again welcome back everyone to another sad episode (laughs) i was gonna say exciting episode of the inner miami podcast exciting but sad because you know what anytime there's a game we gotta win we don't we don't. No way. And if you thought that this was going to be any different, you know, you were just kidding yourself. You, yeah, yeah. You're only lying to yourself at this point. At least the only good I can say is it's over. You know, like we're not, I don't have to go and live out these dreams of a 0.1% chance making it to the playoffs anymore. Like it's done. We're done. Yeah, we, we were. <laughs> We might we need to listen back to that episode and be like, dude, were we really talking about 0.0001 odds of making this thing? Yeah, no, didn't happen. Not going to happen. And then we get to fly up and play the best team in the league, the New England Revs, this Sunday, who also are now, I guess we got to shout out the Revs a little bit here. Congratulations on the historical season. Most points ever in an MLS season. They broke LAFC's record, which I believe that was 2019. They set that record in. So, you know, give it another couple years and another team will break it at this rate. It's probably not going to be Inter-Miami. It's probably going to be Nashville. (laughs) It's probably going to be Nashville. Oh, man. Uh, But you know what? Hey, game was fun. We had fun. Game was fun. We we actually went down to the local uh, watering hole called Stout. Um, for you who live in the South Florida Broward area, we watched the game, uh, the, the Atlanta, Atlanta game, game at Stout on Wednesday. <laughs> so I forgot we got we're going to talk about two losses. <laughs> yeah, you know we're gonna we're gonna glaze over this one here real quick. That was uh, I mean hey listen we played all right you know but uh, we didn't win and with that loss really this last game you know, against NYCFC didn't necessarily matter <laughs> to break it down so bluntly. Um, I mean, that, did the one against Atlanta really matter? <laughs> I mean, statistically, if we're breaking it down to the thousandths of the decimal, yes, maybe. But our playoff hopes are over. Yes, they are. Officially. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, other, you know, sad news. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, I guess. But this was 
Federico Higuain's last game ever because he retired. Yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of an MLS legend there. I think the whole league was a little bit bummed to see this. <laughs> I told you that. The MLS shared a really heartfelt video on Federico's you know, storied MLS career. And it highlighted his best moments in the league. And it was an amazing video. You know, it really got you in your feels. But then I realized, damn, they didn't show one inner Miami video. <laughs> That's how bad we are. Oh, now, not one. I feel not, like you had a few highlights. Yeah, but MLS didn't think so. <laughs> or whoever's running their social medias. Uh, but real question, man. What? What's this offseason going to look like? There's rumors that Gonzalo, the younger Iguain, might also do a little flash retirement. I know about 83% of the fan base wants Matuidi to go ahead and retire. And that is a high possibility that we're without those two DPs. And then a lot of people think Bizarro is going to leave. So maybe come next season, we have three open DP spots, a million dollar sanction. And we're probably losing LGP because he's about what almost nine hundred thousand a year. Probably gonna lose some other players. We're gonna have to really figure out a way to uh, to put this puzzle together to make sure we're under salary cap, but also competitive. Yeah, well, let's let's lean into that question, right? So, let me ask you this. Let me kind of phrase this differently. Of those three players you just named, Blaze, Gonzalo, Pizarro, who do you think has the highest chance? of wearing that inner Miami Jersey again and returning to the club next year, who has the highest chance of those three? Oh, buddy. Uh, I mean, my gut says Pizarro just cause he's still young, but I mean, there's other circumstances to that. It has not been a good experience for probably any of those DPs. Um, Matuidi, I, it was weird cause everyone thought his contract was, was ending in December due to, I think it was like transfer market. There's, there's really not, a solid source of information for MLS contracts. They're one of the few leagues that really keep everything under wraps. So no one was really sure. But I think that Henderson's going to have to really work some magic. And I don't think getting rid of all three of the DPs is necessarily the worst idea. The one I want to keep is Pizarro. And that's, I know half our listeners probably think I'm an idiot. I just think he is the most potential and when we utilize him the way he should, he can show up. But a lot of times we're asking more than, than what he needs to be doing. Now, Gonzalo might, he might decide to retire. You know, he was the best player from an offensive standpoint for us, uh, as far as goals are concerned, but there were so many other areas or issues that fans have with him, with the effort he can give with the legs he still has under him. So it would not surprise me at all. If at least two of the three are not gone. And I would, expect it to be Gonzalo and Blaise Matuidi. I guess I could have gave you the fourth option, but that would be easy and say all the above. We're no longer going to be on this club, but actually to take that a little bit deeper, Jay, looking at Gonzalo Higuain, he, he actually tripled Robbie Robinson, who is our second leading goal scorer on the club. Robbie had four, Gonzalo had 12. But in addition to that, you know, Gonzalo also led our team with seven assists. Mm -hmm. And the next person in line with that was actually his brother with four. So he tripled the amount of goals scored. And the next 
person in line. And then he actually basically doubled our next top assist leader. So whether, you know, we like Gonzalo or not, you know, he was absolutely our most effective player on the offensive side all damn year. No mm -hmm. doubt about that. And kind of going back to the question, I mean, I think there's a real possibility that none of these players see Inter Miami next year. And I think kind of the lowest chance of returning to me is Blaze. I don't think that Blaze is ever putting on a contract. I think that his name is a little bit blacklisted with all of the sanctions and what it took to pull him over here and kind of the whole can of worms exploding at that junction. I just think that you know, he's someone who could probably use a different setting and team to kind of, how can I say? Fresh start? Exactly, fresh start. But he's old too, so, you know, like. You may not see him play football again, or he may go over and play in one of those one-off leagues, you know, out of the MLS. But Pizarro, I know we've been talking about this for weeks, you know, it's kind of another player that I just don't know fits this this scheme. And I think the Pizarro question really kind of depends on what we do at coaching staff and seeing if Phil stays as our head coach, which I think right now we are expecting that to happen. Mm -hmm. And if he does, you know, is is there a place for Pizarro on this team? Or is that another player that is just should leave for a better situation, wherever that may be? And, you know, Gonzalo's the other player, right? With his brother retiring, who knows if he comes back? I know there's been a ton of reports this season about his frustration, you know, not just with the club, his performance, but also kind of the move into the MLS. So we will see how this all unfolds. But there's no doubt about it. In Chris, we trust. And... Our team to. is going to look ridiculously different next year. It has to. It really does has to. Have to, rather. Gonzalo, the reason I think he's retiring is because he's the one that brought up that he's considering retirement, right? Uh, Blaze McTweedy, we'll see what happens. Pizarro, you're only hurting yourself, I think, by staying on this team. I mean, as brutal as that is, we are not a good team. Uh, we've made so many mistakes from the front office, the club as a whole. Uh, you know, neither of these guys. A lot of times you can say, oh, where those are the previous coaches, players, or... Uh, you know, the, the new coach needs to be able to have some say to get the players in place that he wants to run the system that he is looking to run. The issue I believe that we had is these guys aren't even D Diego Alonso's guys. I think the club made these signings based only off name without considering anything else or how those pieces fit into the puzzle. I didn't think it was working last year with Diego Alonso. I keep saying over and over, I also don't think we should have fired Diego Alonso after one year. But now we're here with Phil. They're definitely not Phil's guys. And Henderson's got his work cut out for him. But I hope Phil gets some input because people aren't sold on Phil Neville either. I mean, really, from a coaching standpoint, what, he helped out his brother a little bit and then coached the, the, the British women's team and not even stellar results. So it does lead back to this question, which, of course, the club has denied over and over that he did not only get this job because he's Beckham's homie. But realistically... Where's the resume to even say this is the best guy for the, the team as far as being the, the, the manager, the, the gapper leading them? It's true. I would have loved to have seen someone with some type of MLS experience to take over the head coaching job. However, we do have Chris, and he has done nothing but impress the entire league since stepping into the MLS. And I think that's where we're going to hold our hat. Now, we talk about this coaching decision, too, like, in kind of the immediate future, right? Where we're kind of saying, hey, 
is Phil going to be our head coach next year? Even if, right, and I think we both agree that Phil Neville will be our coach moving into the next season. Even if he is the head coach, though, Jay, that leash is uber short. If he comes mm -hmm. out of the gates next season and we show the same type of lack of quality and performance on the pitch, I don't see Phil Neville making a pass game 10. And I think that that's really important because what we don't want to have happen is make this decision prior to the offseason, make the moves that we're going to make with the people that we think are going to be a part of this organization, and then next year have to restart that whole process mid-season versus off-season. And that's what I don't want to have happen is us get into a jam next season and start panicking. So if we're going to stay by Phil, <laughs> it's a lot of chips getting pushed into his corner, not to use the mm -hmm. casino reference again, but he's going to have a very short lease moving in next year. I would like to add that there's actually some good news, however, though. We have actually... Uh, signed a player uh we're going after two midfielders from brazil uh you know i'm a little bit partial to that but we have uh officially uh, agreed to and paid five hundred thousand dollars for mr jean mota coming from santos in the brazilian league now i did see somewhere that his uh that that's the 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 easiest one they're going to acquire the other one that they're going for for is rafael vega who is currently plays for Palmeiras, uh, was loaned out there, but he could be as upwards as $12 million, which would make him one of the most expensive signings. I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, like $200,000 more than what Brenner was also coming from Brazil. So we have both of these, uh, I guess, somewhat highly touted midfielders coming out of Brazil. Uh, Vega's 26, Jean Mata is 28, so they still have some room to run. And both in the midfield, one's more of an attacker, one's more of a creator. Uh, this will be a good, I think, a good start, but there's still so much work that's going to need to be done and some fat that will need to be trimmed as far as salaries go. I mean, that that's good news, though. Our midfield lacks in a lot of yes. different areas. So we will see how that all unfolds. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting offseason, Jay. It will. But Gregory was high up on both these guys. And so if we somehow work our way out, whatever it looks like, obviously, I think Gregory's going to be in a CDM role. But we got now three Brazilians who are, uh, you know, have a, a very similar, I think, playing style together. That could be a real big threat. And that's what we need is that transition from back to front, front to back, stuff of that nature. Absolutely. And if Gregory's any consolation to what we can expect from the Brazilians of the world, whew. Why stop at three? Let's get four, five, <laughs> six. I'm just saying, ship as many <laughs> into the states as we can. Hey, bring them all over. I know we were joking about that. You know, everyone. There's so many Latins down here, and they're all very loyal to their uh, countries that they're they're respectively from. So there's a lot of people. about, We need some Peruvians. I'm like, oh, are you from Peru? Yeah. How do you know? Ah, I just had a feeling. You know, <laughs> we need some Argentinian. Well, we have enough. But yeah, so we we need an, an influx of of more Brazilians. We need an influx of just all Latin stars. I'm done with the big old Europeans. Give me the young. Hungry Latins coming up in, in, in a fast-paced environment. Well, we do have a Kentucky boy on this club. So we do have a Kentucky boy with zero well. Latin ties, but he loves Brazil. Yes, he does. But no, in all serious, we wanted to also thank everyone at Inner Miami and all the fans, too. Everybody who's been supporting this podcast all year, even last year. We're excited about everything going on. We have hundreds and hundreds of people that tune into this show 
every single week from all parts of the, of, of, I was going to say the country, but all over the world is the reality of this. And we just want to yeah, thank like 50 everybody. 50 nations. 50 nations. That's unbelievable. So, you know, you guys make this show go. And, you know, that last final home game that we went to was uh, kind of just one of those awesome moments where everybody was just having a good time. I think we kind of understood and expected what happened. <laughs> I think everyone knew it was coming and everyone's just there to have a good time and see the last home game. Off. Absolutely. We had a blast tailgating. We did a little bit of tailgating action before the game had some amazing tacos whatever those were those things were outstanding al pastor Woo, those things were Pork on fire uh i just want to state that this man is originally from san diego that's literally like 20 miles north of the mexican border and he didn't know what al pastor tacos were thanks for that you're welcome all right back to back to our originally broadcasting <laughs> here but uh but no when we were in the game actually kind of like a cool little testament to this we were sitting down you know doing Jay and Alex stuff, you know, I don't know, that's, don't know what that quite is, but uh, we're just kind of existing in our own separate world from everybody else. But we were enjoying the game and, you know, Sebastian, a fan of the show who's been with us since day one was with his girl at the game and they turned around and I guess they spotted our voices and, you know, popped up and said, hey, listen, I've been I've been tuning in to you guys since day one. Really appreciate the show. And we just want to say appreciate you, Sebastian. Appreciate you for saying something to us. Appreciate you for being a fan. Appreciate everything that everybody does to support this community. Big shout out to y'all. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it really is. We we probably wouldn't have done more than what i don't know three or four or five episodes of this podcast if it wasn't so well received by the fans so that's kind of what what keeps us going is we're, we look to acquire that you know life-changing two hundred fifty thousand per episode sponsorship so we can quit our jobs you know we, we all we do this we do this for the community uh it's always going to be for the community so anytime that we have fans show some love or appreciation it uh it keeps us going makes our hearts warm and we love to experience that so yes sebastian very amazing uh we did take a picture he shared it on our social so uh good good times man we really do appreciate it absolutely it's been a been a hell of a wrap-up to the season if you haven't done so already got to do a little bit of a promo slide here go ahead give us five stars on apple podcast give us five stars we appreciate it that is that is basically our currency out there right now so if you support this show we would appreciate if you were able to click five stars for us on Apple Podcasts. And the way that we're going to support you in wrapping up this season is our second annual IMPC Award show. Pretty fired up over this. Let's Pretty go. Pretty fired up. Always a good time. Always a fun time selecting these nominations and awards to hand out each year. I guess it's just kind of like last year, but same type of stuff. So this year to break down the different awards that will be handed out. We got a short list right now. We're not saying that this is final, but this is our short list of awards that we're going to hand out next week. Number one is best goal. Number two, best moment. Number three, Defensive Player of the Year. Number four, Offensive Player of the Year. Number five, Newcomer of the Year. Number six, Team MVP. And number seven, the Mr. Heron, who is the fan favorite. That's what we're rocking with right now. And how can everyone vote on these options? Great question, Jay. I'm glad you That's asked. That's why I'm here, bud. We're going to go ahead and hit social media to run the polls this week. We will be sharing out on socials what day that is. We're planning for that to be on Wednesday. Given that polls are pretty dang easy to set up in Instagram, and we have a heck of a ton of followers on Instagram, we're thinking that the IG is going to be the place where we host this uh, a really kind of 
you know, you guys decide on what you want as the award winners for here. So we're going to listen to you. This is a show for the people about the people. So you guys are going to tell us who's the winner and we will have that on Instagram on most likely Wednesday this week. We will. We will. And we do have that little off season coming up where we like to, you know, take some time, enjoy life without having to put together podcasts, maybe get a mani petty, go lay on the beach somewhere, you know, get a nice little tan on. But uh, we do plan some extra goodies dropped, you know, sporadically in between the end of this season and next season with a few interviews we think the fans will love. Got a lot of stuff coming up for you. Excited for next year. And, you know, to kind of wrap up this show, I know everybody is super, super interested. And they're like, hey, guys, you know, if we're not going to win the uh, MLS Cup this year, what are we going to win? You're damn right. Yellow cards. Let's get it. For everybody out there keeping tally, keeping track, doing your thing, we are record breakers. Second in the MLS right now, trailing San Jose by one yellow card. But that's irrelevant to me. I don't even care about that because according to Today In, on the broadcast, baby, LGP holds the record for most yellow cards in a season at what, 15? Something like that? That's not the right one. You wanted the claps. That's it. it we'll, we'll blend them. I think we can do both at the same time. Congrats, Leandra. I know you worked hard all season for that. Uh, great job with the unnecessary slide tackles, pushing over, you know, cleats up, just trying to take out the competition. We we, we respect that. We, we do. We, so, yes, we are finally uh, etched in the uh, annals of MLS history. Did you use the word annals? That's, a, it's, that's, an, that's an actual word. Right. Okay, don't look too deep into it. <laughs> So we're not going home empty-handed, okay? We're not. I hope that we can one day get a bronzed statue of LGP with an additional bronzed statue of a referee issuing him a yellow card. Definitely with a card right in front of with his face. Card with a card right his in his hands it. out like yep. this so we all know it. Yep. So great job. It's fun to be able to smile about some of this stuff. All right. Enough. That's, that's that's enough of the applause for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's uh, that's basically it. Without making this too painful and going through the heartbreak of every episode, what you got, buddy? We got well, we got one more show left, and that is the award show. But before we wrap up, give you guys a quick little update on what's going down in the standings in the conference. I know we got decision day coming up. Oh yeah, we can just focus on like MLS and Hull now. Yeah, like okay. actually the good teams, you know. <laughs> No, but right now, I'll give you guys a quick little scoop. We're going to touch a little bit more on this. Probably one of those bonus episodes that Jay's talking about. But in the East, number one, New England. Number two, Philadelphia. Number three, Nashville. Number four, NYCFC. Number five, Orlando. Boo. Number six, Atlanta. Number seven, the Red Bulls. Trailing out of the playoff position right now, DC and Columbus both have 44 points. They are trailing the Red Bulls by two to sneak into that final playoff slot in the Eastern Conference. And then jumping over to the West. In the West, we have Kansas City in the one seed, Seattle in the second seed, Colorado in the third, Portland in the fourth, 
Minnesota in the fifth. Vancouver, actually, with a little bit of a wild card there. We weren't expecting that. Vancouver sitting in a slick sixth slot right now, 47 points, and the Galaxy with 46, trailed by the teams who are outside of the current playoff structure or picture, and that is Real Salt Lake and LAFC. And actually pretty cool, right now Kansas City, Seattle, and Colorado are all tied for the first place spot with 58 points in the Western Conference. Well, that's uh, that's exciting, man. I wish we could be in that conversation a little bit. I'll give it a little update of our own. Given Tati Castellanos' two goals against Inter-Miami on Saturday that did put him in the leading pole position for MLS Golden Boot. He is sitting pretty with 18 goals. You've got Camara at 17, Buxa at 16, your boy Raul Rui Diaz at 16 as well. You've got Saloy and Bo right behind him. Will be an interesting little race to see who can take home that nice golden boot. Let me ask you, who's your who's your league MVP this year? Who's my league MVP this year? Hmm. <sighs> this is gonna pain me. This is probably gonna 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 hurt a little bit, but I'm gonna go with Hani Mukhtar because this man has put up 15 goals and 12 assists. If you watch this man orchestrate the field, it is truly impressive. It hurts because that's, you know, our brother that we were expansion teams with that was just put together so much better. But Mukhtar would be my league MVP for this season. Without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. He is, I thought you were going to say something like Gil or, you know, Rudy is someone like that. But well, Mukhtar, I'm, I'm taking man. into account the assists as well, right? No, I so, I mean, he's three goals off the lead, but he's 12 not. assists, he's, he's the only one in double digits that's really even in the hunt for the for the golden boot, which is primarily just going to be off goals. Top 10 in goal scoring, top three in assists this year. I don't know how you don't go for him, but with that, it's about time we wrap this show up. Take your time with these heavy decisions for the inner mommy podcast award show we'll yeah, make sure to vote if you don't vote then come on what if you, you don't vote you can't be upset with the result agreed because we don't come up with this stuff we only come up with the framework and we let the the fans in the community fill it out uh yeah that's really all we got i hope everyone had an amazing weekend really enjoyed halloween i know there's a, a squad of people flying up to boston for sunday's game against the new england revs don't get your hopes up. They're pretty lethal. We are not. And if you did cancel your flight already, I can't really blame you. But we'll finish strong. We'll always have a good time. It's La Familia forever as we leave every episode. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami.